and welcome to The Gay Child. My name is Tate. My name is Mo. And welcome to The Gay Child. We're still in quarantine. (laughs) And been staying inside. And how's it going for you, Mo, with trying to not go outside? Right? I mean, it's been cool. Like, I've been quarantined and I only go outside for the essentials, of course, like grocery store runs. Like, I went to get more gloves yesterday and disinfectants. But I should have known Target absolutely had nothing. <laughs> so I went to get at least like some Lysol wipes and some gloves. So I get home and come to find out I got the wrong gloves completely. <laughs> what kind of gloves did you get? I got like these Clorox brand gloves, but they're huge. There's only one in a pack. And it's like these, I don't know. Are they, are they like dish gloves or something? Yeah, it's like they almost look like gardening gloves, but it's like uh, you're going to do like heavy duty cleaning or something. And I thought it was going to be like a pack of like, I don't know, 12. <laughs> hmm. You probably still return them. Target's pretty good about that. Because I went to Target too, and we found, my sister and I found most of our groceries except for milk and eggs. So, like the very basics, but we found the majority of the stuff we we're looking for. I think it was must have been the timing um, of like when we went and like they like we saw a few employees like just now stocking. So I think we got lucky and just um, went in like right at the right time. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know cleaning stuff from now. I mean, I have bleach, but bleach is so strong, like mm-hmm. very overpowering. I don't really like the smell of it. Like I like stuff that smells good. I wouldn't know where you would get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready for this to be over. I mean, of course, we're still going to need cleaning supplies even when it's over, but just, like, stuff will no longer be high in demand and people won't be buying it out like crazy. Yeah, I think even after it dies down, there will probably still be a bit of paranoia yeah. around it. So I think um, cleaning supplies are probably going to still be highly set up for. I'm irritated. I noticed someone, like, hoarding 10 things of lifestyle lights in their closet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some things that my sister and I ha- uh, get in bulk all the time. Not like hoarding, but we go to Costco for strictly just things that you can never have too much of. So we already get bulk of toilet paper. Again, not hoarding, but we'll get like a bulk size toilet paper versus like a, was like a six pack at like any other store. And then we'll get yeah. like a bulk of uh, paper towels and um, Lysol and cleaning supplies, like things you can never really run out of or you shouldn't. Um, and yeah, so we're like gen- generally prepared for it. Um, but yeah, so we have like toilet paper to, to last us a while, but we didn't do that like thinking this was gonna happen. We just, we get that stuff in bulk like year round. Okay, yeah, so that's the normal for y'all. But I feel like there are people out there who usually don't have that behavior and now out of fear they resorted to that behavior. Yeah, so like. The difference is that other people are getting more than you need. Like, my sister and I will get, like, one giant pack versus people getting, going to Costco and getting, like, ten giant packs. Right. And I've never been to a Costco out here. I love Costco. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for, like, essential needs and stuff. I'm not, I mean, but, I'm not huge on big box stores. But, again, like, when it comes to, like, toilet paper, paper towels, cleaning supplies, you can never have too much of that stuff. So Yeah. Well, I've definitely been taking advantage of this quarantine, just really working on stuff, realizing... I need to get back to some parts of myself that I kind of went to the side. Not going to say I just completely stopped doing some things, but there's some things that I used to do 
creatively and artistically that I kind of just let go to the back burner. I kind of want to get back to working on those things. So I've been sitting in quarantine, just really writing and sorting things out, yeah. watching YouTube videos, drinking wine, you know. <laughs> chilling. I really think I need to take advantage of like having the room to drink a little bit. Um, but I've been trying to like journal more, trying to find a different style of journaling because sometimes I get tired of just writing, writing and writing. So I'm trying of like a fusion of like subconsciously drawing whatever comes to my mind and then see if I can find a theme of things. Like I'll think of like palm trees and like a sad face and like all these other things, like and then try to find some sort of like pattern in my thinking. I don't know. And then I'll write some words, but not like entire paragraphs of like my deepest thoughts. I think it might, yeah. I, I don't know if it'll work, but like, I'm going to like maybe talk to my therapist, like, here, this is what came to my mind. What do you make of it? Yeah, I get so bored inside. So I try to come up with little activities, things to do to keep my mind going so I'm not so anxious with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still take like a walk just to get some fresh air because it's important to get some scenery. Yeah, I think people are still wary about going to walk outside. So I think generally it's just a matter of like at your own discretion and your own risk and and stuff like that, not touching anything or going alone. But um, I don't know, I think the idea of taking a walk outside is still up for debate of safety, but yeah. Yeah, like I saw something today that stated that you should even like disinfect your groceries when you bring them in the house. So <laughs> it's definitely getting serious out here. And I mean, I kind of was already doing that anyway. Yeah. Because it's like people touch stuff and they put it back and it's just not sanitary. Yeah, like even when we went grocery shopping, I, it was only my job to touch things because I'm the one with gloves. Um, you know, there are leather like winter gloves, but because that's all I had on hand. Um, so it was my job to touch things since my sister didn't have gloves and she was going to just go through the list on her phone and not touch anything. Um, but yeah, that's the current climate of us in California. Wherever you're listening, I hope it's a little bit better. If you're in New York, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I mean, the U.S. in the whole is handling it pretty bad. I we're handling the situation worse than Italy did, pretty much, has been said. So <laughs> hopefully they get it together soon. Mm-hmm. Um, all we can do is just hope and pray and, you know, keep our heads up that, you know, a better future is to come. Yep. And what is our topic today, Mo, for today's episode? Today, I really want to get into sexual behaviors and just, like, different types of stereotypes and what people expect. Basically, those challenging labels that people come across when it comes to the topic of what you prefer and yeah. how you prefer, you know? Yeah, exactly. It goes on both sides of not just, um, you know, you're questioning your sexuality and all that stuff. It's also denying what your sexual preference is versus your behavior, like, you know, what your state and then what you do. And then on the other side, um, maybe even penalizing other people for sexuality because it's exclusionary for something we're going to get into that um first we're going to uh let's go on to mo and i want you to talk about like your side because you showed me a tweet about yeah uh i don't even remember what it was do you want to explain that to me again 
Yeah, and it wasn't even the first time I've seen that. I really just literally sent a screenshot for reference because I see the, the topic all the time. It's always a conversation on, I guess I would call it gay Twitter, but it was the topic of being in association with guys sexually who deem themselves straight if they top. And it's like kind of a play off of heterosexual norms mm-hmm. where it's masculine to be the top position or to be the dominant position. So a lot of these men go around saying they're not gay because they top. You know, and I've come across DL men. It's huge in the DL community. It's really where it stems from. Where these men will be to delusional towards their sexuality because of their position. And it's like, you're still gay. Sex on sex with a man is still gay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm... Uh, that just kind of confuses me. Like, you think just because you top a guy that doesn't make you just a little bit gay? Like, when it, no, you and I'm saying, bit. like, you don't have to call yourself gay. Like, you say you're bi or queer or confused. Just literally, like, I don't know. Your behavior is saying that you're just, you're not at least 100% straight, as you claim. I mean, on the spectrum of gay, I'm pretty sure <laughs> if you've been sexually um, involved with a man, you're there, you know, in mm-hmm. some shape, form, or fashion whether it be your fluid or your bisexual, um, there's an interest there. I wouldn't even mind if someone wanted to completely like erase lab- the use of labels altogether, but actively calling yourself straight when you're not doing that is something A else. delusion. Right. <laughs> like, it might just be easier to just to fuck labels altogether, but, you know, this, what we're going to talk about today is just all about why America is so obsessed with labels. Yeah, it it confuses you and it makes things more complicated than they have to be. Exactly, like just even in in the last episode, they're talking about like my whole identity crisis because of uh, compulsory heterosexuality and that whole thing. And like if if labels weren't something that I felt I guess some sort of need to find or claim, I probably would have been chilling. Like, hey, I'm going through this wave of where I think I like a guy, but I really don't. But I'm I'm like 99% into women or something. I don't know. But, you know, being comfortable in my lesbian label and the whole thing is like fine now. But if there weren't this pressure for labels, I probably would have had so much anxiety around it. Mm -hmm. And some people really do have like real life anxiety around labels. With me and labels, I feel like they shouldn't be pressed. Um, I don't press labels on people. If someone decides that they don't want to define themselves by a label, I'm like, okay, sure. Me, personally, I do feel like at the end of the day, you are something, but I don't think that you should let that label define you completely if you know what i'm saying yeah like you sure we are proud of being gay but that's not like our entire identity right and so, i have a question uh, for you actually and uh, do you huh? i have a question for you actually do you believe that someone that claims to be straight but their behavior says otherwise do you think that hurts the lgbt community as a whole or in any way someone that claims to be straight but they act gay in some respect, yeah. Like, do you think that hurts the LGBT community in some way, where they're just denying calling themselves that? 
I feel like there's some sort of fear um, of wondering if there's a sense of homophobia in that. I don't think there's a homophobia in that. I think it's more so of an acceptance issue. Yeah. I think the real problem is when the straight community does things that are usually not normalized for them, like when they take from our community and they wear it or they use um, inspiration and they don't get penalized for it or they don't get like an appropriation for it. Yeah, it's like an appropriation. Um, kind of like, for example, Bad Bunny, the rapper. Yeah. He's, he's very into gender bending and androgyny. And he's a huge ally for the LGBTQ community. But he gets away with a lot of things that I know for sure that Black queer artists and Black LGBT allies usually don't. Um, and I feel like he gets away with it because of who he is and certain racial factors and because it's such a shock value because he's a straight man that's doing this, you know, when there have been gay men who've been doing it for years, drag queens and like big figures in the gay community. Or so even that's another example. Or even when I've seen lately uh some like male Christmas celebrities that I'm also assuming are straight, um, that are like painting their nails and wearing slight makeup like it's very subtle but it's still there and that makes it mm-hmm. and like they're getting like huge tractors for like oh this is like so unusual because they're not gay but they're doing this thing and then when actual like queer people of the community do it then it's like oh you're just super fun boy and it's weird and like again yeah. appropriation at a fight <laughs> yeah it gets no type of like no credit given to the community at all <laughs> They're already gave, meh, you know, they're doing it. It's expected, but so groundbreaking when a straight person does it. And I'm just like, okay, interesting, interesting observation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was just another example of that topic. I'm just wondering, like, where do we draw the line of, like, is, is it, like, our place to even point it out or... She would just like leave it alone, like let them do them. Like they're going through their own shit. Because <laughs> part of me is like, a part of me wants to correct them so they're not going through like thinking that, you know, that their label is just like inaccurate. But on the other hand, like, you know, this doesn't also feel like my place. I see a lot of correcting online. Like I've seen a lot of people talk about it um, back and forth, just like on the appropriation standpoint. Yeah. But part of me is just like, why even? Because I feel like it's definitely going to continue to happen. It's just something that happens. Um, you just have to know when you make groundbreaking history, as the LGBT community does. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to be inspired. Yeah, it's only natural, I guess, to be inspired. It's just a matter of um, maybe crediting the inspiration in the news. Or including the inspiration, you know as a nod of to homage or you know mm-hmm. um okay then what about when going back to the uh sexuality thing the, like the labels of the sexuality do you think it's our place like do you think it's anybody's place to correct somebody in that 
whenever that's like a discovery for them or do you think it's, they should like leave them alone? Like, hey, this person says they're straight, but they're not. Like, I feel like kind of want to like say something because it's like it's like problematic, but also it I is. don't know this person, I so I feel like maybe I should leave it alone. <laughs> it's one. Yeah, definitely. I usually I always leave it alone. I feel like someone's sexual identity is is up to them to disclose it. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like on the page we are on today where it's like you don't assume someone's sexuality based off of what they're giving like just because they're masculine presenting you can't assume they're straight these days yeah or just because women are super feminine you can't assume that she's not a lesbian you know yeah like so it's kind of just like you have to if you really want to know you have to like ask you know that's exactly why i put lesbian in my instagram profile because I don't pass, like, I don't quote-unquote pass as, like, as gay, just by looking at me. And yeah. I do feel weird, like, hey, my, my sexuality is this on my Instagram. And, like, a part of me is like, you know, who cares if I'm gay? But also I feel really tired of a guy who's coming to me as the mainstream, which is, you know, annoying. So then I put it there kind of to deflect that. So just to, like, I want to bring in a certain energy to, to my profile. And that's kind of like what that serves, but I'm like really half and half. A part of me is like, I don't want people to think I really give a fuck that much about me being gay, but also people need to know that I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mine's not in my profile. I usually don't tell people. I know there are people who don't know. They can't tell. It's just kind of like I'm in my own world kind of thing. Like if you know, you know. Kinda. Yeah. I usually don't disclose it. I feel like there's some things on my profiles and like you can kind of see things about me that would give it away, but mm-hmm. it's usually not my introduction. Yeah, I guess anything. by putting lesbian in my profile, I'm kind of just already giving someone permission to judge me just based on that and my like a work that I would post um, or like look into every little thing I do and think like, oh yeah, that's gay. Right. <laughs> So, but I'm taking that risk. I'm gonna just see how that goes. Yeah. But yeah, I just get so like wow. I, I used to get like pretty like a good like a few DMs from guys, and like I just like kind of like I don't feel like coming out. So if anything, the, the bio comes out for me. <laughs> or maybe they just didn't care, or they were just like, oh, whatever. She thinks she's lesbian. <laughs> annoying conversation. <laughs> it's like our last. I think our last episode was on that. Like, or one of our previous episodes was on guys being over-sexualizing lesbians, thinking that they can still, like, turn them out or have their way with them. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Oh, okay. I even recently saw on Instagram, it was, like, a metric, it was, like, a metric or demographic of some kind, um, where it showed, like, a map, and, and it was by Pornhub, of, and then by region, like, which category was, like, the most searched. And do you want to guess which which category of porn was the most searched? Which one? Lesbians, of course. On the so like on the West Coast, it's like on the West Coast of America, like lesbians is very popular, and it kind of differs the more you get to like the East Coast, I think. But then it it widens the perspective of like you got the Americas, and then you got like South America too, and then so lesbian on this side of the world, as far as like north and south america lesbian is still a really popular porn category 
And that really, really bothered me. <laughs> it's like, wow, everyone's getting off by lesbians. <laughs> I mean, I've watched that type of porn before. Um, it's not really first on the list for me, but yeah, there are some hot scenes though. Like I've seen some things on on lesbian porn. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just see a variety. There's just so much femme, and I'm not. It's not a hate towards femmes. I just would like a variety of rather than just femme on femme. But which is which yeah. is why I think a lot of it is like catered towards men because men like generally the majority of men I've met like a feminine woman, which is why I think there's such a huge lack of variety when it comes to uh, lesbian porn. So I'm not saying there shouldn't be lesbian porn. I just like make lesbian porn for everybody that loves us. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I had a question for you too. So back on the topic we came into, yeah. As far as like labels, do when you feel like it's appropriate to ask the those labels, like ask about someone's specific label, whether it be bedroom related or sexual orientation related. You mean like in a casual conversation or like a casual conversation? Oh, okay. Well, I think it depends on the delivery because I feel like I've done this before and I did have a couple of drinks when I was asking this so that probably, <laughs> that helps. I feel like if I, if I was like completely 100% sober I probably would have like either not done it or I had a softer delivery or some anxious vibe to the question um, <laughs> but I mean like let's say I already kind of like I'm acquainted with this person and we're kind of like already comfortable talking to each other but I feel like just on the basis of getting to know each other, I'd probably ask them, like, hey, so, like, you know, what's your orientation? I probably wouldn't ask them about sexual preference because that, the, that usage of, like, sexual preference sounds way too much information that I would, like, need or for them to give me that they're probably comfortable with. So I would probably ask them, like, hey, what's your orientation? What do you identify as? And I can also go back into pronouns. Um, but essentially, like asking how they identify can also, I feel like implies maybe sexual orientation if they claim one. And last time I asked someone that question, I again I had a few drinks, so I'm trying to like really search my memory here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think she said something like she's figuring it out, and I think that's a, that was a fair answer. So she sounded like she wasn't sure which is also, like, a state that I can definitely relate to. So she's so, she's much more on, like, the Q end of the spectrum. Yeah, like, questioning. But she's, but mm-hmm. she's not saying she's straight, like, at least 100% straight. So it sounds like she wasn't, like, wasn't sure. She's still figuring it out. Um, so that was, like, a really clear, fair answer. But otherwise, I generally don't ask unless someone wants to share their information or I don't know, I'm into this person so I gotta know <laughs> before I like right. <laughs> it really depends like um and a lot of times I do just assume everyone's straight until they tell me otherwise. But I'm wondering how things would go if I assume everyone's gay until they tell me they're straight. <laughs> I wonder if I would just like be a much <laughs> more way. optimistic way to live. I feel like on certain, in certain parts of town in LA, I definitely feel like everyone's gay until they tell me otherwise. Yeah. Well, not everyone, but... In certain areas, <laughs> if I'm in WeHo, I am 
definitely assuming everyone's gay until told otherwise. <laughs> but it's queer. Yeah, like, again, gay, gay meaning like anywhere on a spectrum. So, like they could be bi, they could be man. Yeah, I just mean gay as a general, not straight term. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, that's interesting because I thought I was the only person because even though I feel like I'm more so on the queer end of the spectrum these days, I still say, I mean, maybe this is problematic. Let me know if it is, but because I know bi people aren't gay and obviously um, there's different genders within LGBTQIA, but I feel like I still say gay to represent the masses. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you do too. Um, you know, if I were to tweet it where I know lots of people might see it, then I may use different verbiage, but in like just in passing or casual conversation, I probably would use gay just to like again represent people who yeah, aren't straight. Too. Anything that I'm anything that I'm putting out there on social media, I make sure that it is politically correct, but in conversation or just on my social media, I'll still post memes that will say something gay or I'll um, introduce myself as gay sometimes like just because it's just like an umbrella term for me mm -hmm. and I say for me not everyone else do people find it like and have you gotten some sort of shit for that for like oh I'm not gay I'm bi have you ever like gotten backlash for doing that for using gay as an umbrella term no, because it's not something that I do on purpose. It's something that I am working on. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I haven't gotten any backlash for it. Well, that's good. I mean, like when it comes to something that's been on my mind recently too was when I was on Reddit and I found that, you know, when it comes to say lesbians, for example, this can go into other sexualities, so I'm going to focus on lesbians for a second. And they would say like how claiming to be a lesbian is like really transphobic when we say like, oh, we don't like dicks. But because not people who are non-binary or trans or um, identify with the trans people communities, then it, they find it exclusionary um, to uh -huh. say you don't like penises, but- Because there are women with penises these days. Yes, and I'm not saying those women yeah. aren't women. I'm not at all saying trans women are not women. They are, they are 100% women. My thing is that anatomy to me matters more than I'm sure other lesbians. So lesbians or self-becoming lesbians, I'll say, um, maybe anatomy doesn't matter as much to them. Maybe as long as they're uh, women identifying and uh, I would say so in presenting, but like, I guess depends on your outer preference of, of your partner. But either way, uh, as long as your partner identifies as a woman, then maybe anatomy doesn't matter to you. But for me, it's actually the other way around. I personally, and I'm not speaking for all lesbians when I say this, I personally, me as Tate, I, to me, anatomy does matter more. I would much, I mean, like, I do like, um, I guess people, like, even when it comes to gender expression, um, I don't like girly girls, but I, um, so like, it has to be somewhere like, so gender expression wise, it could be anyone expected between like butch and gastric, where you'd have like some feminine qualities. Um, but like anatomy does matter to me personally. So like it doesn't matter how you identify. I don't care how you identify. I don't care like, you know, um, as long as you like, I guess still like, 
again, I don't know. There was even a time where I felt like I'd much rather be with like a man that had a vagina than like mm-hmm. a, a, than the other way around because I really didn't want a penis that much. I didn't care what a penis was attached to. So that? a trans man, I can see that. Yeah, like I like I re- honestly didn't care, and that's why for a while I was a good thing with pan, but I my heart says lesbian, so. I mean, lesbian can include in my in my in my thinking. I do believe that lesbians can does include, but not by many people, and we can still call ourselves lesbians. I feel like that to me that world includes it, but people want. I don't know what it is because sexuality is by definition is inclusionary to some extent. It's not like I'm giving you know gay men shit for excluding me. <laughs> right. Or any other sexuality, like you know, the nat- the very nature of sexuality is to include some and exclude a few others. That's the very nature of of a, a sexuality. And because it's what you like. Exactly. So to me, like me not liking pieces has nothing to do with me just not wanting to be with a trans person. That's what has nothing to do with it. I. I'm very open to being with a trans person, but at least again, it still depends on like different penises. I'm gonna be like very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't care how it's not your identity. It's just like we just don't mesh well together. That's just the thing. Like I don't like this. It's like how I don't like this. You're in the same group of people I don't want to have sex with. Like, like what? Yeah, how are you gonna like penalize me for something I don't want to have sex with? There's plenty of people, plenty of other lesbians, plenty of other queer people that will have sex with you and you're gonna like give me shit because I'm one person that does it that's just not fair it's not <laughs> but I, I get that um for me I feel like yeah I feel the same way on certain certain levels because I haven't been with a trans person before. So I don't really have a huge take on that. I almost was, I think, twice <laughs> in my life. But I don't think I'm against it. I think I don't think I'm against it. I think I would try it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there's two instances where I was almost with a trans person uh, with being relative. And the first time was like a few years ago. And I was still looking at guys at the time. And this person, I think I had put like bisexuality in, in my profile at the time. And uh, so what, I got coffee with this guy. I think his name was Damon. This is different Damon, if you're thinking of like the Damon that I told from like my other story in college. It's completely different Damon because he went by DJ. Anyway, um, he told me like this is the first time we're meeting and later on he tells me like I feel like I can tell you this I'm actually a trans man I was born a woman um and I have no problem with that and I I I still felt comfortable if anything and then going and then fast forwarding to this past year or like late 2019 there was someone that came up actually on a dating profile, but I was looking for only women. So I thought this person was uh, just a masculine presenting 
woman. But it turns out this person first identified as a trans man, but then they they didn't. And then, so now they're just human, I guess. They are like non-binary essentially. Um, but they are also born uh, assigned female at birth. And that, we I was close to sleeping with that person, but then, you know, I was still going through therapy and I fucked it up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> Um, but that was actually really unfortunate. I really wanted to have sex with this person. <laughs> and um, I knew it would have happened if I didn't get in my own way. Um, and so, yeah, I'm open to, you know, I'm open to, to identities. It's just the body that I will never really, I don't think I'll really get past. Yeah, and that's understandable. I think that's fair. Like, I don't think you should get backlash for that because at the end of the day, if that makes you uncomfortable, I mean, that's your preference. Yeah, exactly. But then you get, like, people confused, like, okay, then, like, you, like, strap on, but you don't like penises. And it's like, I might get to explain this again. Not the same thing. That's different. Like, Maybe you should explain the difference. <laughs> well, I mean, but I, I get it. But I mean, it's it's not just a physical thing. It's definitely like who gives it to you that matters. Just the body around it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the energy and all of that, you know. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this like whole thing about like what we call ourselves, like you know challenging people's labels versus behavior and then giving other people shit for like being exclusionary with their labels. It's the whole thing. And I just wish that we could just get our labels all together. I'm trying to figure out like what what purpose it serves to have a label other than maybe just disability as a, uh, as a whole, like having people know that we exist. To me, that's the only uh, purpose it serves. Other than that, I feel like labels are hurting us. And I don't even think people intentionally place labels on things and invest in them so aggressively. I think that people subconsciously do it because it's what they're used to. They're used to a label. They only know how to function and operate under a label, you know? Yeah. The world we live in. The, <laughs> the world of labels. Um, everyone is like, I don't know. I'm not someone who trips off of it, honestly. I'm such a go-to-flow type person. I feel like most of the time when people do get shiver labels, it's usually online. I feel like in person, I don't think I've ever really seen it. I've ever seen it, like, with my eyes. Yeah, it's always online, usually. And I'm curious of, like, why that is. Are we just braver online, which is not definitely not a secret. People are definitely more bold with their words and stuff, like, online and what they say. Or mm-hmm. does circumstances does not come up in conversation too often because it comes up in conversation but rare because like how often are you going to know a stranger sleeping with men that calls themselves straight unless he's proclaiming online yeah because in person it's rare with me at least with my experience with it it's more so online like people asking me or being curious this is a matter of like you kind of like i don't say looking for it but kind of comes up in your social media maybe naturally but you know in person we're kind of just hanging around our own group of people and our peers where we know generally everyone's situation yeah 
now. We've reached that point in our <laughs> podcast where we talk about a gay story, or a gay story's time, if you will. So... It's that time. Yeah, it's that time. So gather around our gay children. It is gay story time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was thinking recently how about back in my in high school days, I had like quite a few range of friends and we all thought we were straight. And as you get older and then you're, you don't really see each other that much, but you're still following each other on social media and on Facebook, Twitter, all the stuff. And you see that like, you know, they're with women and they're queer and it just boggles my mind. Like, so let me get this straight. We were all gay the entire time. <laughs> um, and it made me, because I was prom dates with one of my friends and then she ended up gay. And it's like, so was that as friends or were you like asking me out, but you didn't know you were asking me out? Like, what was the situation? <laughs> I <didn't. laughs> so I think it's funny how, I don't know, you never really know someone even when you think you know someone, even over the years. And like you know, and you know, people come out at different times too, like when they're comfortable. Because I mean, I haven't heard a come out story from anyone other than myself that I was that was in my graduating class. But yeah, it seems like when you left high school, like a lot of people came out, or a large number of people from your friend group came out. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few, I think. Actually, you know, I can name three. I won't, you know, privacy, but I can. I'm thinking of three at the top of my head. One, I was actually surprised I didn't know they were gay to begin with because now that I know what I know about lesbians, I'm surprised I didn't think they were gay, you know, to start with. But I was like in my own little bubble of ignorance and <laughs> not knowing anything about gayness at all, even a little bit. Um, I had actually two gay friends in high school, but they were men. So it came to like the world of lesbians. I had like not the first clue. So there was someone that was, there was a girl that was very androgynous, like probably the most androgynous woman that I think I've met at the school. And I learned later that she's gay. I'm like, yeah. And now that I know what I know, like, yeah, of course she was gay. How, how did I not know that? <laughs> and as far as everyone else is concerned, like, it definitely, I feel that definitely fits them. But it's a strange how none of, as far as, at least, from my understanding, none of us knew. I don't obviously know so much of like what was going on in their head or what they're feeling. If they knew but never came out or if it was like me and they never really knew until they left the nest and left for college and stuff. But I think it's just funny how all that worked out. <laughs> all of, like a lot of us ended up being gay and it's a very conservative town. So I'm wondering that that might have to like something to do with it. It's like not feeling like that safe. And, like, even now, like, as you grow, you learn new things about yourself and your sexuality. I don't want to say it changes, but... It evolves. I don't know. But at some point, it evolves and just never really evolves back. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that definitely happened with me as I got older. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't one of those people that really just shoved this gay... Um, label down people's throats. Not to say that some people do, yeah. but there are some people that remind you that they're gay every five seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not one of those people. Like, I'll come out as gay for the first time for somebody, 
if I feel like I have to. But then once I cross that bridge, I'm going to remind them I'm gay quite often just to, just for like laugh mostly. But um, that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and But yeah, that was a good story. Though. Yeah. It was a good example. Very um, nostalgic. Nostalgic, yeah. It took me back to my high school days. I was like one of three open gay guys in the whole school. So, I mean, I was mostly popular for that. <laughs> oh, if only I would, I, you know, that makes me think if I was, you know, also, if I had known I was gay back then, would I have been popular? Because I was definitely like the awkward kid that never talked. I mean, I guess the word popular is subjective. I was popular in like good and bad ways because it was definitely looked down upon. Oh. So it was popular in that aspect, but also a lot of like the girls loved me. Like I was friends with all the cheerleaders and like. So you were the GBA. All the popular girls. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like half and half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll never know. We'll never know <laughs> if I had been like really popular in high school just based on the fact that I was gay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that I, I would have been just to make myself feel better. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the, in, the sense, in yeah. some sense that could, make me, that could make it more sad. So I'm going to say that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. And that is our episode this week. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow the Gay yes. Child podcast on Instagram at the Gay Child podcast on twitter the gay child pod and then you can also send us an email the gay child podcast at gmail.com there you can send us like a letter or some love or if you have a gay story if you only want us to share anonymously of course then we'll do that it would be so much fun to hear other people's stories we know there's also other people in the world so that would be really cool to hear like different gay cultures in other parts of the world and you can follow me, Tate, at TaterTot522. That is for both Instagram and Twitter. And where can they follow you, Mo? You can follow my Instagram at MoBase. That's M-E-A-U-X-B-A-S-S. And then my Twitter is Mo, M-E-A-U-X, and then music, M-U-S-I-C. Awesome. And that is our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know. Don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out. We would still just love to know if you're enjoying this. So please, 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 please rate us on Apple Podcasts. We'd super appreciate that and we'll love you forever. Yes, we're trying to be your favorite podcast. We want to be your favorite podcast. <laughs> so the only way we would know if for your favorite is if you rate us. Just give us five stars, say you love us. It doesn't have to be something super elaborate like a Yelp review. Just like say you love us, give us five stars, and call it a day. <laughs> Post it because we'll be so proud. <laughs> Don't make us so happy. <laughs> it will make our day, our year, because, you know, quarantine will definitely bring it down. So please brighten our day and leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because we're still in separate locations and we're dedicated to this so much. Yes, so, forget it. Yeah. So no matter what happens, we will definitely be putting out content as much as we can. So until two weeks because again our episodes come out every other thursday so not next thursday but the thursday after we will see you again and yes with topics new gay topics yes and if you <laughs> again email us dm us on twitter instagram whatever you want to hear we'll make an episode just let us know 
uh, we're open, we're chill, we're not scary. <laughs> um, let us know. Yes. And, and until next time, I am Tate. And I'm Mo. And, and this is the Gay Chat. Yes. We love you guys. Bye.